What is up, everyone? Join us in our quest towards being truly extraordinary at what we do. Welcome to Star Map of the Guide to Awesomeness podcast, powered by Coldwell Banker, Ronan Realty, and produced by Twisted Spur Media Solutions. What is up, everybody? Jonah here. I am joined by Karim Kennedy for another awesome episode. He's a gifted leader, a visionary, and he's got a passion for real estate. His role involves setting the strategy, the culture, and the vision for the Coldwell Banker brand in Canada. With over 20 years of experience in investment with specialization in growth-oriented companies, he is a tried and true captain of success. He's innovative and he's hungry to, you know, scale and that idea of long-term growth, which makes him sort of perfect for a leadership role within Coldwell Banker Canada. And he really wants to help take this company as we grow through Canada and, and just really take it off the ground. Karim, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be part of your program. Before we get into, you know, a lot of details about who you are and the way you do business, I'd like to get a bit more understanding of your background and sort of where you came from and how you've developed, you know, this mindset of being an investor and helping build business. So the majority of my professional background has been as an investor. I invested on behalf of uh, different funds primarily, and generally always the focus was growth-oriented opportunities. And so during that 20-year period, I saw a wide range of companies, a wide range of industries, and a wide range of purposes. Anything from you know, shareholder buyouts to M&A transactions to companies needing growth capital to grow. But I was always with the growth mindset, and that's kind of been my DNA. Um, I'm a very positive person, very optimistic, and um, I believe if companies are not growing, you know, they're failing. So during that period, I saw a lot of different uh, transactions that I think are quite relevant to bring that experience to Coldwell Bank of Canada. And I'm really excited as we get into uh, year two um, to really bringing the brand in Canada to the next level. And what would you say are the skills that you, you've obviously gained you know, over, over your 20 years experience that you find would be applicable to, to the corporate brand and, and I mean to the, the brand that the brokerage has to help market and grow um, for Coldwell Banker today? Yeah, good question. So I think there's a few um, skill sets that are transferable. One is we're ultimately in the people business. And so whether you're forming transactions based around money or forming transactions based around real estate, we're ultimately the people's business. Um, anyone that knows me enjoys and knows that I enjoy getting together with people, having conversations like this, having discussions, having debates. I think at the end of the day, you become really good at dealing with people. Everybody has a different personality, trying to figure out what makes people tick. And so a lot of those people skills, I think, are transferable into the real estate space because that's really what we're at the end of the day. You know, I, I think as an agent or as a brokerage, you know, you're not going to be successful unless you have strong people skills as part of your culture and your identity. And then I think with that is building relationships. And so, you know, I love building relationships with people across the country. Um, we have big regional differences as a large country, but I embrace that. And I think you know, getting to know people, getting to know their personal lives, kind of really strengthens your ability to work together in a business environment, the stronger your personal relationships are. And I think the other part that is very transferable as well is the growth mindset part. So in real estate, particularly now, I think there are lots of great growth opportunity. In a large country like Canada, 
we have obviously a rebalancing in the marketplace right now, but to me, that is the perfect time to execute on you know, brokerages and growth plans. And so always having that growth mindset, I think, is very relevant in, in, the, in the real estate space. I think it's really cool. I mean, I bring it up almost every episode is the idea, the fact that we we hear the similar stories or we hear the similar ideas of what's important and what matters, right? It's about relationships. It's about understanding people. And I think a lot of business necessarily benefit from that idea. It's really hard if you've got a product or a service that you're providing people, you need to understand people, whether it's you need to understand them for your marketing or you need to understand them in order to better service what you do you need to have that sort of mentality. And without a growth mindset, you're not going to continue to build on that business. You're just going to sort of, like you said, it's almost like failure when you, when you don't grow your business. You just kind of hit that status quo. I've, I've hit my, my bottom end and that's, that's all I need. Whereas I think there's always opportunity to continue to grow. Yeah, 100%. I think that you have to be um, relatable to people. I mean, you know, there's so many different scenarios for why people buy or sell houses. It could be a first-time homeowner. It could be someone looking for a mountain home. It could be someone looking for a property in another country. You know, we're in 41 countries around the world, Victor is. And so it could be a number of scenarios like that. But generally, it's as an individual, you're growing your life in a different perspective. And as a real estate agent and a brokerage, you want to help grow with them. You know, maybe you got you got kids that are that are getting older and they're ready to buy the first home or what have you. But I think that growth mindset has to be relevant with everything that we do. For sure. And, and like you said, the idea of the fact, you know, families grow and people change and lives are adjusted as things happen. And so on having an understanding of that and knowing, you know, when you've got a customer, understanding that, you know, you're not only servicing that customer, but you're servicing all the people that they may talk to about your business and how well you do. So remembering that understanding people and understanding how people think and what people do is, is key in growth. Today's transaction might be with one individual. But, you know, down the road, they might have a family or friend that needs assistance with the transaction. They might have a sibling, a child, what have you. And so, you know, we have to be very careful with our reputation as individuals, as a brand, as a brokerage. But, but also that's, you know, the nice part about that is it actually leads to growth opportunity. Because if you do a good job, you connect with people kind of emotionally and professionally, they'll remember that. And next time they need assistance, they're going to give you a ring. And what was it about Coldwell Banker that sort of attracted you? Why did you want to get involved in, in sort of ownership on this, on the Canadian level of the brand? Great question. So I was actually retired prior to this. I, I was able to have a successful career. I knew I was probably too young to do nothing uh, further in life. And, and quite frankly, I couldn't sit on the couch all day. But um, when the opportunity presented itself, there was a few things that really stood out for me. First of all, when you look at the Cold Banker brand, it's the most recognized real estate brand in the United States. And so it's extremely successful. But when you look at Canada, when I looked at it in Canada, it was a little bit on the quiet side. So it just didn't have the same sort of hump to it that we had in the US. And so when I looked at it, I thought, wow, there is significant opportunity for growth with sort of a renewed focus uh, on the brand in Canada. There's something like 160,000 real estate agents in Canada. So all I see is piles and piles of growth opportunity. So I think you know the fact that it was uh, that it is you know, a global brand, you know, operating in 40, 41 countries around the world. The fact that you know our our, our neighbor, um, United States, is such a recognized brand, and the fact that we have such a fantastic um, uh, sort of sandbox in Canada with 160,000 agents, all led me to believe that there's piles and piles of opportunity for us in Canada. 
with just a little bit of you know renewed vigor and, and energy and effort uh, in the brand. Again, you an, an opportunist mentality, which I think relates back to that concept of a growth mentality as well. Seeing seeing the opportunities to be able to take things to the next level, and and again, like you said, looking at what growth it already has seen in other areas in order to see the potential on how it can be something more than what it is. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I said, you know, when I travel across the country, I mean, whether I'm in Vancouver or Saskatoon or Toronto or Edmonton or what have you, um, you know, there's some regional differences for the brand. Obviously, you know, the brand's a little bit stronger in certain markets in Canada, but overall there's just huge opportunity. And we're really a family. I'm finding more and more after sort of 14 months on the job, you know, there's really a close connection amongst the CB community in Canada. And as we get to know the network better and they get to know us, um, those relationships are strengthening. Um, and, and people are really excited about, you know, some of the changes we're making and really going after the, um, the opportunity that, that lies ahead in 2023. And, you know, the idea of obviously um, taking on a company like, you know, Coldwell Banker, there's questions, obviously, that relate back to the idea of, you know, everything that you've been a part of before, what was it about real estate that interested you? Was there any aspects within the company in relation to that that really meant something to you? Or was it more about what Coldwell Banker Canada could be? Yeah, I think it was a combination of a few things. Again, it was, you know, I was attracted to the brand and the opportunity in Canada. There's so much room for growth. But if you set aside the brand part for a second, you just think about real estate. I've always had a passion for real estate. I've built several homes uh, in my day um, from the design stage to moving in. Um, and I really enjoyed that experience. You know, if you go to a, you know, a, a Christmas cocktail party or any sort of reception and you ask people about real estate, you know, most people's eyes light up. They love to talk about real estate. You know, maybe they're downsizing. You know, again, maybe they're, they're buying a place in Costa Rica. Maybe they're buying a place in the mountains, what have you. But people love renovating. They love they love buying, they love moving, and just something that's kind of um, consistent with everyone you talk to. Everybody loves to talk about the home about real estate. So I find that passion is very um, um, appealing, and uh, myself included, I just, you know, I love, I love talking about it and enjoying the space. And I've looked at a lot of different industries over the years as an investor. And, you know, in some industries, you have to worry about things like environmental footprint, you have to worry about maybe inventory, you know, you have to worry about... Um, you know, coding on construction jobs, things like that. And the real estate space doesn't really have that. It's something that everybody needs. Um, everybody wants to talk about. It's fun. It's exciting. And um, just, you know, it's just a passion about it. And I think that's important, right? If you're if you're not passionate about you know what your business is doing, then maybe you're not in the the right business necessarily. Correct. I think that you know, if getting out of bed in the morning and going to work is a chore. Um, and doesn't get you excited, then you're probably in the wrong space. So I agree with that. Mm -hmm, for sure. I guess we've kind of touched on this idea already. I think you, you've brought up a few points about it, but really what's your outlook on life in general? And, and how, again, I think that last point touches on it you know, a lot is the idea of being passionate about what you do, but what other aspects do you, uh, do you find are, are sort of the way you think about life? Regardless of your occupation, um, regardless of you know, what you do in life, um, I kind of take the view for myself personally, and this has worked well. And, I, and the analogy I use is, you know, when you get on a plane, one of the first things they ask you to do in the event of a situation is to put on the mask for yourself before you help the people around you. 
And I've kind of used that analogy in life. So I always take the view that, uh, you know, a person needs to stay mentally and physically strong. So for me, I love going to the gym. I'm a big fitness um, fanatic, you know, whether it's skiing or riding a bike or lifting a few weights in the gym, what have you. I find uh, the fitness part for me does a lot. And it also gives you that sort of mental break. But generally, my view is I'm you know, very positive life, very optimistic in life. And if you if you sort of take care of yourself, then I think you're stronger and you're better for your family, coworkers, your friends, your partner, your kids, what have you, if you kind of make sure you're strong and, and stable. I think it's it's important to understand that the idea of what that physical and mental strength looks like is different for everybody. I know for myself, I'm not a big go to the gym kind of person, 100% admit that. I know I'm lazy when it comes to that sort of stuff, um, but I focus in on my martial arts training more. So I work on, you know, being physically fit enough for that. And it's it's different and everybody does things differently, but understanding that there is there, it's important to make sure that you're both physically and mentally sort of sound so that that way you're able to, like you said, take care of your family and, and be there for the, the people that need you and the the career that, that you're a part of and, and you're able to, you know, continue to live life the best way that you can. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you know, whatever your, your outlet is, whether it's martial arts or skiing or playing hockey or going to the gym or your runner or whatever, um, I think it's important for people to have something to, to kind of give you that, that break physically, which is also mentally for me is a break. And um, I think you just, you know, you make yourself a better uh, sort of performer in the world next day. You know, you're just more productive uh, when you kind of take care of yourself. And so sometimes I think even, you know, when I look back at myself, you know, I have two kids. And when my kids were younger, you know, I kind of wanted to be super dad. And sometimes when I look back, I didn't take enough time for myself. And, and the advice I give to young parents today is I think it's okay to be a little bit ruthless with your time. Ruthless with your time for yourself. And I think that, you know, whether it's an hour a day or whatever it is, take that break for yourself, recharge, refresh. And I think, uh, you know, for myself, I could have done a better job when, I, when my kids were younger. And so now I'm quite ruthless with my time. I know I need that time for myself. And uh, it just makes me a better person. And I will 100% take that advice with a, just over a five-month-old at home right now. I know that it's important to try and have that time. Uh, it doesn't always happen, but you, you try your best to make it work every possible chance you can in order to make sure that, again, you're, you're able to then provide top level to those who need it. Yeah, well, first of all, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Like you have a new one at home. And it's a, it's a fantastic time, right? Like, you know, a lot of the joy you get out of life is... Um, kid related but obviously sometimes a lot of stress you get might just related to so it's fantastic but i certainly remember you know when my kids were that age and uh, you know you're so so excited to get home and spend some time with them um it's a fabulous time and as they get older you know then they start running and meet you at the door so it's a great time so so enjoy it for sure for sure and what would you say are keys key ways that you motivate people to be successful obviously being in a leadership role you have to try and help your team continue to be successful and continue to grow so that the company can grow and business can continue to to be better so what sort of things do you do to help motivate that yeah you know i always kind of try to understand what an individual wants to accomplish in their professional life in their professional career and where where are they at today what is needed to kind of get them there and so you know having some sort of you know frank and transparent conversations really helps because some people maybe you're content with what they're doing and they don't want to, you know, be promoted.
promoted or, or developed, and that's completely fine too. And maybe some individuals want to, you know, move two or three levels up from what they're doing, and that's fine too, right? So trying to really understand what the, what the, what the individual's trying to do, what their objectives are. So having, I think, good conversations around what their objectives are. Um, I'm not a micromanager. Uh, we don't believe in, in micromanaging people, so we give people a lot of rope to, to be successful. You know, sometimes you, things don't go well, but that's also part of the learning process as you go along. But really support them with their growth and their professional development and um, give them that rope to do so. And, and, and also really, you know, sometimes it's okay to have mistakes, right? You know, that's how you learn. Because, you know, sometimes when you have a mistake, you're most likely not going to do that again. But really, you know, being supportive, uh, building personal relationships. And I've even had people sometimes over the years that, that have, you know, left to go on to, to other organizations. And I didn't necessarily look at that as a failure because if there was a role or an opportunity that we could provide within our organization, but they were well suited for that role, to me, that was actually a success. So we helped them get ready for the next role, whatever it was. And I think it's important that uh, I think a lot of leaders need to take that mentality into account that is there is value in failure. There's value in, in taking opportunities and taking risks. And I think that's something I know we've talked about a lot before with other guests as well, is that idea of, you know, being prepared and understanding that, you know, failure can happen. Sometimes somebody may fall, but you're, you're there to support them and help them understand where they went wrong, where we can, where we can change things, how we can grow. And then again, you, you see the idea of there potentially may be the opportunities for them to, to grow somewhere else, but you've, you've helped get them to that point. And, and not everybody is going to stay in the same career their entire lives. Not everybody is going to stay with the same company for their entire lives. And understanding that that is the case and knowing that and preparing for that is key in order to help you grow, help the company grow, and help them grow as well. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that. And what I've found over the years is if you treat people well and give them that opportunity, um, you know, they, they want to stay in touch with you, you know, even if they do leave. Um, you know, when I joined Cool Banker a year ago, I had a tremendous outpouring of people reaching out to me that, you know, some I haven't seen for a while. But I think that, you know, if you're if you're if you treat people well, and then whether they stay with you or move on or find your opportunity, um, and they're, they're reaching back out to you, then that obviously shows that you, know, you did a good job maintaining a relationship with them and supporting them with their own growth uh, aspirations. And again, it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning of the idea of building relationships and how it's it's important to to do that and, and understand people in order to do better business. But it's also about, your, the, you know, the company that you're in and the people that work for you and work with you. You need to build those relationships as well. Yeah, I'm a big relationship guy in life in general, both in my you know, personal life and my professional life. Um, I just enjoy people. I enjoy chatting with them. I, love, I enjoy learning about them and and. Um, you know, I mean, life is short, right? So you only get one shot at it. And uh, I think you have to have some fun along the way. And, you know, you have to have fun at work and, you know, fun, fun with people you're working with and your friends and all that kind of stuff. So relationships to me are probably the most important things you can have, you know, kind of like memories. And I, and I value those more than material things, the, the, the mm -hmm. relationships you make along the way. Before we go, I do have three questions I'd like to ask you if you're okay with, uh, with these sort of surprise questions. Sure, I'll give it a shot if I have an answer for it. All right. So what is something you do or use to ensure that you are always striving to work productively? You know, I think I would kind of go back to sort of goal setting, 
right? And so are you, whatever that goal or that objective is, are we making progress towards it? And sometimes those can be sort of short-term goals where it's maybe something you just need to accomplish for the day. Um, and sometimes it could be a project that takes several months, but are we tracking, say, on a weekly basis or a monthly basis to get there? So I'm a very sort of task-oriented person, and uh, you know you get that sort of gratification when you accomplish things, but I think it's just having that clear visibility in what you're trying to achieve. And what is one habit that has transformed your life? One habit? Um, you know, I think for me it is, you know, as I've gotten older, is maintaining that respect between my personal life and my professional life. And what I mean by that is, you know, obviously sometimes you have some long hours, you have to work, um, but I really try to have that balance in life. And for me, that has been fairly consistent over my career. And that's something I would highly um, encourage people to consider is just having really good balance between your professional life and your personal life and uh, having some fun along the way. And that balance may not necessarily be equal. Sometimes people, you know, depending on the mindset, may want to be a bit more focused on their career, whereas others may want to focus more on their personal life. But understanding that you need to have both in place, I think, is, is key. Yeah, I think it's probably a function of what stage of life you're at. You know, if you have a younger family, maybe there's more personal time. If your kids are a little bit older, maybe you have more time uh, to devote to your career. If you're in a seasonal business, like real estate can be, maybe there's parts of the year where you're going to be extremely busy uh, and you're going to devote more of your time to your professional life. So I think it's sort of a, you know an evolving thing that changes depending on the stage of life, you know, if you're a seasonal business, all those kinds of things. Finally, this question is one that can either stump or some people have the answer right away. If you could write a chapter in the Guide to Awesomeness, what would the title be? Consistency. Consistency? Yeah, I think that if you're going to do an awesome job of project, of a career, of a business, or you're an individual, um, we have to evolve as we move forward. Um, we, you know, we have to develop ourselves all the time. And so for me, that's consistency in, in developing yourself. So if you don't really challenge yourself internally, um, the person you were you know, five years ago is probably not maybe going to make it today's world, depending on what you're doing. So I think that consistent effort in challenging yourself and developing yourself is really important to, to truly be you know, awesome because we have to evolve professionally. And uh, that would be my suggestion. Perfect. I love it. And I think it's a great note to end on, right? The idea of, you know, understanding people and building those relationships in order to better service what we do or better provide to those that we work with, those that we are a part of and that are, that are a part of our lives, whether it's our family and friends to our colleagues, as well as, you know, building relationships in order to continue that opportunity and continue the, that growth process and knowing how to build your business with the, the idea of knowing who your clients are and who the people are and what you're doing and why you're doing the things you're doing and enjoying what you're doing and having a passion for it and really helping to drive people's success in order for you, your business, and everything that you do in life to be successful. Yeah, well said. I, I couldn't agree more. So it's just, you know, that ongoing consistency of, of nurturing yourself, developing yourself. And I think if you have that sort of consistency in life, then, then awesomeness will be the end result.
Fantastic. I love it. Thank you for joining me today, Karim. I appreciate you being here. I know um, that in time time is precious right now when it comes to, especially in a level of a role that you're in. So I appreciate you taking this time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on the, uh, on the call. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts to keep up to date with the awesome people and the awesome things we talk about. This is Jonah reminding you to be awesome today and be even more tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody.